This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, February 23rd, 2014. I'm not a fan. Whose power? Whose power? That's our focus this morning as we conclude our series on I'm not a fan. Good morning, Connection Community Church. It is great to see you this morning. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? God, thank you so much for this place where we can gather and learn more about you. God, we would pray that you would open each one of our hearts as we talk about power, Holy Spirit power, that we would leave differently than when we came in just a few minutes ago. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and everybody gathered said, amen. Amen. Power, it's the subject um, that's constantly in the news. A couple of years ago, it was wind power. You know, there was a, a prospect of constructing some wind turbines uh, off the coast, uh, in the Atlantic Ocean, off the coast of Delaware, uh, I'm not sure, but it's kind of taken a hiatus here. I'm not sure what's going on with that. But more recently is the controversy up in Newark um, about what the university is going to do with the Chrysler site they purchased and the proposal of a power plant to supply the electrical needs for what they're going to do there. The paper carried articles of how many residents are opposed to the idea. And if you go up there, you see all kind of protests, uh, signs and stuff in people's yards and things. And then there's the uproar about the... Uh, <clears throat> railroad transport of crude oil uh, and the dangers after a couple of major accidents there. Uh, uh, just recently, there was an article in the paper about the safety of transporting that oil just yesterday in the paper. And uh, in addition to all that, being this close to the nuclear power plants over there on the coast of New Jersey, there's, there's always the uh, opportunity for that story in the paper of what's happening there. You know, power is important. I mean, it's crucial and therefore power is going to always be news. Well, today our focus is on a different kind of power. And while different, this power is certainly not to be taken lightly. Because this power that we talk about today is the most powerful power that ever would be, was, is, and is to come. The most powerful force in the world. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing, nothing, nothing comes even close mm. to the Holy Spirit power. Mm. Holy Spirit. Can you say that with me? Holy Spirit. Yeah. Third person of the Trinity of God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You know, we talk a lot about God the Father and about Jesus, His Son, the Christ. Unfortunately, we're somewhat remiss and we don't talk nearly enough about God's Holy Spirit. And so just a quick little lesson on what's known as the Trinity. Trinity three. We believe God is in three persons, as we said. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's a concept that's both interesting and challenging. Perhaps this diagram will help. This is actually from way, way, way back. It used to be in Latin, but we've translated it because I don't know Latin. Um, and what we see here is the relationships of the, the Trinity, you know, uh, the Father is God, God the Father, the Son, Jesus the Christ, is God, uh, and the Holy Spirit, it's God the Holy Spirit. 
But the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not the Father. Three distinct persons, yet one God. One of those holy mysteries that we understand. Uh, just not completely for most of us, <laughs> me included. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. <laughs> well, since the Holy Spirit is God, say Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is God. Okay. He has existed since the beginning of time. We find this right at the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, the very first and second verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was hovering over the surface of the deep. And here you see it. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Mm. And so from the very beginning, we see the Holy Spirit working in and through the universe in and through the people throughout the Bible. In the book of John, which you find in the second part of the Bible, a part called the New Testament, we find Jesus <laughs> telling his disciples about this Holy Spirit. It's in the midst of a long discussion Jesus has with these closest followers of his. Jesus knows his earthly existence is close to being over, and he's preparing the disciples for life after he's gone. He tells them not to be troubled, to trust in God, to trust in him. He tells them he's going to prepare a place for them and that he will come back to take them to be with them. He tells them that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. Let me say that again. No one comes to the Father except through him. He tells them that anyone who has faith in him will do what he's been doing and, in fact, will do even greater things. He tells them whatever they ask in his name, he will do. And then he says this. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it, is need, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be with you. And you see the Trinity right there. Jesus will ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit, all three of the, Holy, of the uh, Trinity right there. Further on in chapter 14, he continues to talk about the Holy Spirit. He says, all this I have spoken with you while, with, while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Say this part with me, will you please? Peace, peace I leave with you, my peace, peace I give you. Keep going. I, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And so Jesus assures them that although he will physically be leaving, that they will not be left alone. They will not be left alone. God the Father will send another advocate, the spirit of truth. Real important here, the spirit of truth. We turn to the Holy Spirit who gives us, who shows us, what is true and what is not. That's what the Holy Spirit does, reveals the truth when we're open to it. When you read the Bible, ask for the Holy Spirit. 
first to open your eyes to what God is saying. It is amazing what happens when we call on the Holy Spirit, especially when we read God's word. When we leave this place today, it, it's kind of a rough world out there. We're nice and safe and singing and happy in here. But out there, we have to turn to the Holy Spirit to guide us in recognizing the truth in our own lives, in our own selves, as those who claim Jesus as the leader of our lives, we must seek the Holy Spirit to help us be true to ourselves and to be true to God. Because it's really easy to self-deceive uh, ourselves. You know, we get, the evil one just wants to scramble things up and it is so important to ask the Holy Spirit to uh, guide us, to show us, to reveal the truth, not allowing us to self-deceive and misperceive. Mm. Holy Spirit, say Holy Spirit. Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. This Holy Spirit will teach us all things and remind us of everything. Jesus refers to him here as the advocate. Other places, the Holy Spirit is referred to as counselor, also referred to as comforter. It gives us kind of the, the, uh, an idea of what the Holy Spirit brings. Holy Spirit advocates, though, in this case, for us, speaks on our behalf in heaven. In another place in Scripture, we're told that even, uh, even uh, when we need to pray but we're not sure what to pray, how many have ever been there? You, you, you feel need to, but you just don't know what to say, and you're trying to find the words. The Holy Spirit will speak on our behalf in utterances too deep for words. Isn't that just a marvelous, in utterances too deep for for words. So keep that in mind. When you're in that position, we all just put our hands up, you know, just say, God, I, I'm here. I, I, I'm not even sure what to say, but I need to say something. Know that the Holy Spirit is, is interceding for you and taking what you know you'd like to say and taking it to heaven. Isn't that just awesome? Wow, awesome. Jesus goes on to tell the disciples that he is the vine and they are the branches. And that without him, without them being connected, they will wither and die. He also says that the world doesn't get it and that the world will despise them as followers. He again mentions the Holy Spirit. Yeah. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father... He will testify about me, and, and you also must testify, for you've been with me from the beginning. Okay, so here we have Jesus trying to pump up his disciples because Jesus knows that his time is coming near, where he is going to be crucified, died, and buried. He's no longer going to be with them. And so he's trying to let them know that they are not stranded. They are not left in the dust, that God will send the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the comforter. And Jesus goes on with this very, very long speech about this. <laughs> very long speech. <laughs> and he sprinkles this Holy Spirit references to the Holy Spirit all throughout this speech in John 15, 16, 17, which we've talked about before. The counselor who will come and speak the truth for them and through them. And so what he's been preparing them for comes to pass when he is arrested, 
crucified, dead, buried, and then resurrects from the dead. Following his death and resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples several times over a period of 40 days. At one such gathering, they asked if it was at this time he was going to restore the kingdom of Israel. In other words, was it now that it would be made right that we would fully realize God's kingdom here on earth? And here's what Jesus said to them. It is not for for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. You know, I just got to push the pause button. You know how somebody says, oh, the end of time tomorrow or next week. It's not for us to know. God has it all taken care of. So let's focus on the here and now and what we can do to connect people with Jesus and the life he offers. Amen. That's our mission for today. It's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I'm so glad Jesus had this speech and that the Holy Spirit empowered these guys because otherwise we might not even be sitting here today. Thanks to the Holy Spirit, these disciples, this little band of, it was 11, and they regrouped and got it back to 12, were empowered to tell the story of Jesus to their immediate community, Jerusalem, to the larger territory, Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth, to the greater Middletown, MOT, just over the border, Maryland area, (laughs) Delaware, eastern shore of Maryland, maybe southeast PA, southern Germany, ends of the earth. Amen? Amen. Later on, in the second chapter of this same book of Acts, we see where they receive this Holy Spirit power that Jesus promised. And it's an incredible scene. They're, they're in this house. They're, you know, they're, they're in their, like, they're, they're in their small group, you know, the prayer group. And, <clears throat> and it says that the Holy Spirit descended on them like tongues of fire. Can you imagine seeing that? Tongues of fire. <clears throat> While there was a loud sound like a violent wind from heaven, they must have thought a tornado hurt, whatever in that region they have, which has big winds. I don't know if it's tornadoes, hurricane, whatever come through the house like it was going to tear it apart. And then, what's even wilder than those two things is they were empowered to speak languages that they'd never spoken before. It's not like they'd taken Spanish for 18 years in school and then finally had the opportunity. They never spoke these languages before, and the Holy Spirit's empowered them to share this because there were people in town for a Jewish a major Jewish festival holiday, and they needed to hear the, the word of Jesus Christ, but they spoke a language other than these guys normally spoke. And so the Holy Spirit empowered them to share the language that these guys in town would understand. And then in the midst of all that, Peter, the same guy who not too long before had three times even said he denied even knowing Jesus, out of fear when Jesus was arrested, this St. Peter stands up in the middle of town and precedes the message where first he condemns them 
for crucifying Jesus and then flips it to offer them salvation in the name of that same man. Wow. Through the power of the Holy Spirit visited on Peter and the other disciples, we're told that about 3,000 people were saved that very day. 3,000 people right there. Now that's what we're talking about when we're talking about Holy Spirit power. Amen? Amen. Amen. And it is that same power back then, that time we call it Pentecost, where the Holy <laughs> Spirit just did this mighty, mighty thing. It's available to us today, here and now, to you, to me, to all of us. And we can tap into that. God allows us. When Christ resides in us, the Holy Spirit's in us, and we get to tap into that power. It's the greatest power of the universe. It's a power that can overcome anything. In fact, in fact it is the power of the universe. I want to say that again. The Holy Spirit is the power of the universe. When we read in our Bibles about the Holy Spirit, we read about spiritual gifts. They are ways that God has wired us. It's not talent, but it's spirit-powered gifts. And we read about this uh, one place, is 1 Corinthians, and um, Paul tells us that every, every believer, those of us who say, okay, Jesus, come into my life, we are given at least one of these spirit-powered gifts. You may have heard about them, especially if you've taken network. They're gifts like uh, leading and administration, healing, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues, faith, hospitality, helps. There's a, a long list. It's also found in Romans chapter 12. Through these gifts, God allows us to tap into the Holy Spirit, the, the power of the universe, the kind of power that can transform 3,000 people all at once in one single sitting. It's the power, the Holy Spirit power to heal. It's the power to change. It's the power to be a different person than we were before. It's the power to be more Christ-like in everything that we do. It's the power to love. It's the power to love the way God loves. It's the power to love unconditionally, even when it's not easy. The power that we get to put others' lives before our own. The power to offer our lives to Jesus Christ. To be able to say, okay, Lord, here I am. Use me. I trust you. We can't do that on our own. That's Holy Spirit power. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and resides in us. Whether we know that or not, that's what happens. And we receive that power to go out and to live life God's way. Mm. You know, years ago I was a smoker, but I quit. Actually, I got very good at quitting. Because <laughs> I did it several times. And I was able to quit until the craving got too great. And then... Harriet would be my lifeline to a cigarette, my secretary. And then when it got too many of borrowings from Harriet, then I'd get embarrassing, so I'd have to go by, and I was right back where I'd been several, several times. Finally, though, that changed. 
And it changed for two things. Uh, one reason it was God's Holy Spirit that changed, but helped in two ways. One, helped me to realize that uh, I'm one cigarette away from being a smoker again. In other words, uh, you, you couldn't pretend with this thing. You either got to fish or cut bait here. So, Alan, you, you got to never pick it up again or you're going to be right back in. And second, the Holy Spirit took that craving away. So I didn't have to go talk to Harriet. <laughs> I'm sure she was thankful of that. Um, <laughs> and uh, um, the Holy Spirit took, you know, I was able to quit smoking, not on Alan's power. I mean, I, I don't even think about it now, but if I ever did, I, you know, just one cigarette, I knew that that, but that craving was taken, so it was virtually, I mean, it's a miracle. It's a miracle that, that took that craving so that I was able to give up an addiction that was killing me and those around me. So the Holy Spirit gave me some power for new life. That's the Holy Spirit power we're talking about today. The Holy Spirit gave me the power to forgive. I grew up in a pretty idyllic uh, family unit and um, it was kind of like the Ozzy and Harriet kind of thing. It was, in my words, perfect, haha. Uh -huh. And after about 30 years, my parents divorced, and it really rocked my world and the world of my siblings and our children and all that kind of stuff. And so now I was faced with lots of confusion and rejection and anger that kind of seeped in and took over, and then I spent the next decade struggling and dealing with all of that inside. It affected our marriage. I, I felt that I couldn't trust anymore, although he gave me no reason for that. I was like really pretty much a mess. And about eight or 10 years after the divorce, I, I wasn't a pastor, I was just loving on, you know, Jesus was loving on me and I was trying to be faithful to that. I was on a retreat and I heard in my head a voice that said, Carrie, you need to forgive your father. And that was very puzzling to me since it should have been the other way around. But I love Jesus and I trust Jesus and so I symbolically said, okay, I forgive my dad. Bam, bam, I nailed it on the cross and walked away. Now, in those 10 years, I still had contact with dad, but every time I had contact with dad, I had physical symptoms that I knew that my heart was very sick. I would have a migraine, I would be sick to my stomach after, the, after any kind of contact because it hurt so much. After I gave that to Christ, and I had done it a number of times, but I did it again. About three days later, Dad called just to check in, and after I hung up the phone, I realized I didn't have a headache, I didn't have a stomach ache, and I was joyful. And I remember going to Alan and saying, oh my gosh, I am healed. You see, the Holy Spirit healed my heart. 
didn't want me to live like that, doesn't want us to live like that, because I was like a prisoner. I was in chains, and I needed my dad. And so I called him up, and I said, Dad, I, I just got to talk to you. We really need to have heart to heart. Came down the next day, and through tears and prayer, forgiveness happened. And today, you know, it is awesome. He's, you know, we talk about Jesus. I witnessed a reaffirmation of his baptism. We talk about scripture together. He is a spiritual giant in my life, and that is only because the Holy Spirit did the work that I could never do on my own. And if you have a relationship that needs healing, you cannot do this on your own. You cannot fix it. But it's only from the power of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit that you can receive what you need to mend relationships to experience forgiveness. I have a confession to make. I'm Alan, and I'm an introvert. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do find that funny. I guess it's because of, um, over the years, most of the uh, places I've worked r- required more of, a, an out, more of a extrovert kind of personality, but truly, I, I'm an introvert. When I look back at school, I don't care if it was elementary, middle, high school, college, <clears throat> The idea of having to get up in front of a, just a classroom of people to give like an oral report. Oh gosh, I can't really breathe even thinking about it, you know? In college, I had this oral interpretation of literature class and thinking back, just having to get up and give the, you know, you had the, the oral interpretation of literature, you had to do it in front of the class. Oh my gosh, that was the most challenging, one of the most challenging things I've had to do. <coughs> Way out of my comfort zone. So isn't it strange that virtually every Sunday, that's what I get to do. We get up and <laughs> front of hundreds of people and, and share. And actually, when I do this, I'm not nervous. I don't get all, it's, but that's not because of me. It's not my power. It's God's Holy Spirit that allows me, enables me, encourages me <clears throat> to be able to do what I'm doing right here, right now. <clears throat> Not Alan Jones' power. Alan Jones, if it was his power, he'd be sitting in the back. He'd be out in the parking lot. (laughs) Welcoming, welcoming. Shaking hands with you. Brief conversations. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) That would be, uh, uh, you'll notice, I love the guys out in the parking lot. I'm always out there saying hi to them. That's where I would be. But that's not what God had planned. And so God empowers us through God's Holy Spirit to do what God wants us to do. Amen. Amen. So I have a com- uh, confession to make. My name's Carrie, and I am not an introvert. <laughs> but that's a surprise, isn't it? <laughs> that being said, there are so many times, actually every Sunday when I stand up, that I do have like a little sick moment before I get here. True confession. And it's the Holy Spirit just reminding me, you know what, I'm going to break you a little bit so that you can get up there and be my vessel. And that happens, it's happened for almost 20 years. I had an instance on Friday, guys, back there, where um, we celebrated the life of a disciple member, Lyndall Yeager. 
and her death came as such a surprise to all of us and especially to her family who are part of our church. And I felt like I wasn't going to be able to get up and say a word of hope or encouragement because I knew what they were in for as far as what grief looks like. And y'all know what I'm talking about here. And so I stood up and I like walk back here and I'm blowing my nose and I'm having tissues and I'm trying not to cry. And then I stand up and take a deep breath and I'm still trying not to cry as I'm delivering what the words on the page. And I just kind of said in my head, God, you gotta help me here. <laughs> because you know there's eight pages here and a whole congregation of people who need hope. And I felt this whoosh. And the next thing you know, my voice got stronger and I was able to deliver. I don't know if any of you were here and witnessed that, but I went from sniffling to this ready to share that there's hope and eternity and the kingdom of God is here and not yet. And that's what our dear friend and your mother and your sister and your grandmother and friends all experience right now. And I could only do that because of Holy Spirit power, not me. Holy Spirit power. Mm. We've been talking about being a, a fan of Jesus. Fans operate on their own power. Their own limited power. The power that will only take you so far, but never quite far enough. Followers of Jesus operate on Holy Spirit power. Say Holy Spirit power. Holy Spirit power. Amen. God's power, the greatest power known to humankind, the power that holds the universe together, the kind of power that allows us to do things that we otherwise would not, could not do. The power to forgive a parent for not being there. The power to save a marriage that was over and done. The power to forgive infidelity. The power to conceive a child when that looked hopeless. The power to find peace when life seemed over after death at the loss of a loved one. The power to raise a child who has special needs. The power to overcome a gambling addiction, a sex addiction, a drug addiction, an alcohol addiction, a shopping addiction, an eating disorder. Mm. The power to stay sober for five, 10, 20, or many, many more years. The power to work three jobs so that you have, so that you can provide for your family, give your kids a better life than you had. The power to be the hands, the feet, and the voice of Jesus Christ. The power to love, even the unlovable. The power to realize that with God's Holy Spirit power, all things are possible. That's the power we're talking about this morning. Amen. That's it. And that's the power of a follower, not a fan. So the question is this, are you a fan or are you a follower? Are you operating under your power or are you submitting to the power of the Holy Spirit? Which is it? 
we pray that you will not leave here a fan, that you will not leave here under your own power, but that you will submit yourself to the greatest love that has ever been known and to the greatest power that supersedes anything in this world, the power of the Holy Spirit. You have an opportunity to explore that wherever you are on that continuum. There's people all over the map here. If you're exploring that and you want to know more, just say, okay, God, I'm going to open myself up. It, you don't have to have this eloquent prayer. You can do that from your seat. You can do it on the steps. There, um, Steve is back there. He'd love to pray with you today. Fan or follower, your power or Holy Spirit power? What about you? I'm going to choose Holy Spirit power. Yeah. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for um, your word found in Scripture, the promise of the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the spirit of truth, the counselor, the comforter, who resides in us when we accept you as the leader of our lives. God, we pray that nobody leaves here without exploring that, without taking one step closer to that or reaffirming that in their lives. God, help us get out of the stands of fandom and become a follower of you each and every day. We pray this to you, God, Father, and Holy Spirit. Help us, God, pray to your Holy Spirit, asking for direction and guidance, whatever we need. We thank you and praise you this day and all days. And everybody gathered said, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.